It is Free Talk Live, day three here at the Porcupine Open Desk. We're actually recording this a little bit early on day two, so you'll forgive me if I come back and say we're at day two here, because it's actually day three, and it, it all gets very confusing when you're here about this campground where time sort of, it doesn't become meaningless, but it takes on significantly less meaning than it does out there in the real world. And of course, I'm here with Mark, and joined now by Mark Gordon of Porcupine Real Estate. And we were just talking, you know, prior to this about introducing you and, you know, people wanting to move to New Hampshire. Your name is the first one that comes to mind whenever I think about that because of because of the jingle, Porcupine Real Estate. Yeah. No, even knowing nothing else about it, I know that jingle and I know Porcupine Real Estate. That's where I would want to go if I wanted to buy a house in New Hampshire. So welcome to the show. And, of course, you're a longtime sponsor of Free Talk Live and you're a sponsor this year of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yes, I've been a longtime sponsor of Free State Project events, and this is one of the biggest in the world for liberty-minded people. So I'm glad to participate and sponsor what I think is a really uh, one of the best events in the world every year for libertarians, ANCAPs, people who just want to be left alone. It is a huge event, certainly. Uh, the biggest that I've seen so far, I mean, last year was packed, and this year it's shaping up to be even even more considerable as far as events go. So what what inspired you? Was Were you drawn more to becoming one of the bigger sponsors? Because I know that they have sponsors every year. Mm-hmm. But this year they have two top-tier sponsors, and that's you and the Goldback people. Were you drawn by the success of Porcupine Freedom Festival in the previous years, or were you just... This, this is my, these are where my people are, and this is where I should be anyway. It's a little bit of both. I've always been supportive of Free State Project events over the years. I moved back in 2007 and started a small real estate firm. It was just myself, then just myself and an assistant. We've grown to now. I have seven agents working for me, an associate broker and a full-time admin and um, office manager. So we've done pretty well working with so. the people over the years, and I just wanted to you know, invest in... Uh, the people that are making us successful kind of put it back into the community and I do everything I can to support the Liberty community in New Hampshire, whether it's hiring contractors, hiring photographers, hiring marketing people to help us in our business and keep uh, the, the money circulating in our own ecosystem. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about that a little bit because you're, uh, you took a big risk in 2007. You were a successful real estate agent in Las Vegas and you decided to put because real estate agents don't move. They don't. They pick a place, and that's where they live, and that's where they stay. And you took a risk on this little project. Because 2007, I know what it was like. I was mover, you know, 134 or something like that. You came Mark, shortly your, your after me. Your mic is too low. I need you to get closer to it. Okay. And the, um, and so when you moved, uh, it, it it seemed to work out. Now there were other real estate agents, as I at least can recall, one when you moved. So you don't have first mover advantage. My guess is is that it's competence that plays in. I'll say this. I mean, you were my real estate agent for the purchase of the house that I am currently selling. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I've made money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well done. And uh, I, yes, I really... but you're selling a house in New Hampshire, so you can move out of New Hampshire. So yeah, we don't talk about that part. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's but I mean, every time you buy a, a, I mean, a real estate agent should be thinking that, right? Is is that um, you know my my client is buying, and you know how are they going to buy? How are they going to sell? They, I mean, that's their job is to represent. And I really felt like 
I had the best experience I've ever had with a real estate agent in that purchase. I really felt like I was covered. I know you saved me big on the uh, the seller um, situation, the, the 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 basement situation that we had. And um, you know, my recommendation, of course, to anybody moving to New Hampshire is use Porcupine Real Estate. But um, what do you think it was? Why do you think that you were successful when other real estate agents existed for the Free State Project very early on? Uh, I mean, you know, there were there were a few reasons, and thanks for the kind words, Mark. But first of all, I was competent. I'd already been in the business for twelve years in in Nevada, so I knew what I was doing and took a very professional approach to starting the business here. Another thing was I would go about anywhere in the early days around the state to help home buyers find a place. You know, I didn't just keep myself around Manchester where I live. I wouldn't, I'd go much farther than 30 minutes. You know, I'd go three hours outside of Manchester to work with particularly buyers because that's my specialty is helping people relocate to the free state, working with home buyers. They don't know anything about New Hampshire, but I'm the local expert. And then the other thing to your point is that I've just been very involved in the whole Liberty community here. You know, I've been elected to the House of Representatives four times. Yeah, I want to talk about that because I wasn't sure how many times. So you're not just a House representative. You you are a successful representative. You've been elected four times concurrently, right? I actually took a break. I was elected in 2010 and 12, and I took four years off and been back the last two terms. So I took Amazing. a took a break in between, and I w- definitely want to talk about uh, what's going on in the legislative term. But I want to finish up one thing: is that a lot of people think that you need a real estate agent specifically for buying a house uh, or selling a house, and that's true. And it's not a bad idea, especially you know. I mean, you can advise them better than I can, and I will ask them some questions about that. But what about renting? Can you help people who want to come to the state and rent? Sure, we're happy to help with that. We get a lot of inquiries. It's not our bailiwick. You know, we don't specialize in that, but we can definitely put people in touch with property management companies, leasing agents. I know a lot of uh, landlords around the state who love to have liberty-minded tenants, and often we'll do that off-market by connecting them. So, yes, people can give us a call at Porcupine Real Estate, and we'll do our best to point them in the right direction for finding a rental. Because a lot of our clients want to rent first, get to f- a feel, get a feel for the state, get to figure out where they want to live and where they spend their, their spare time before purchasing a home. And I think that's a wise approach. Is now a good time to buy a house, or should one, uh, you know, wait? I don't know. I mean, I can see that it. I've I've been told it was a seller's market two months ago, but I'm not sure if it's turning. I see, you know, I see things that make me yeah. indicate that uh, see that that might be an indication. It is slowing down. The interest rates have gone up for mortgages, and that's going to have a chilling effect on the market. But we still have an unmet demand in New Hampshire, where the demand outstrips the supply by a large amount. There's a shortage of inventory, so-called, not as many houses for sale. So we're not seeing the rapid increase in prices that we did first quarter, second quarter this year or last year, but still, it's still a seller's market and it's a great time to sell. It's just a little bit more difficult to find a place. And what do you uh, recommend for people who are, you know, having a difficult time? Maybe they're looking for, they've got finance, you know, they're, they're trying to get financing or whatever the situation is. Because I, I know that cash buyers just come in and swoop in and buy houses and then what? And frankly, it's hard to compete against cash buyers. We're even having buyers, home buyers, waive the inspections contingency, which I think is crazy. I th- it sounds nuts to me. It sounds nuts, you know. And my job as a buyer's well, agent is to What does this rep- mean? When, when you, purchase, you buy a house and you don't know what's wrong with it. Yeah, when okay. you purchase a home, you typically have a couple of contingencies in the purchase agreement. And one of them is for um, home inspection, which means if you have, the home, you have the home inspection done, if they find something that wasn't disclosed or something that's a really bad, like a failed septic system or a leaky roof, 
or stuff like that, then you can renegotiate the deal or back out. Okay. But some buyers now are waiving that. They're so desperate to purchase a home. Wow. It's okay. unfortunate. That, that definitely seems risky. <laughs> yes. It's absolutely risky. But a lot of our buyers are willing to do it. And they'll say, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? They, maybe the worst thing is, for example, you need a new septic system, and that's thirty grand. But maybe they're willing, willing to bite the bullet on that just to get a home. And also, another um, reason that people might do it is, is because the dollar is being devalued at a breakneck speed. And their concern is, is that next year, this same house is going to cost $75,000 more. So I might as well take the risk um, in this circumstance. I can see why they're doing it. It's just, it leaves me breathless. Like, I, I feel like there's constriction in my lungs when somebody talks about buying a house without an inspection contingency. Are you kidding me? It scares me. Yeah. Well, people do, people do risky and stupid things all of the time, and I, I can't blame people for wanting to get out of the USD, and real estate seems like a, a relatively safe bet against the collapse of the USD, because your house, it will be your house. You can always live in it. Presum- yes. I mean, if the USD actually you know, collapses, it may become a situation where they, they can't actually keep their house because you've got marauders or something like that. But barring some catastrophic event like that, real estate is a solid investment or a solid store of value. And you're also a state representative. And we're going to talk about that, including some of the stuff that's going on in the state house here. We are at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. There is more coming up here at um, Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live at the Porcupine Freedom Festival here. Day three is getting started. It's still on day two for us, but uh, the crowd here is phenomenal. And I suspect by this time tomorrow, it's going to be even bigger. You probably can't make it if you don't already have tickets and you're not already on your way. But there's still ForkFest at ForkFest.Party if you want to come up for that. It's Aria and Mark here sitting down with Mark Warden of Porcupine Freedom porcupinerealestate.com I'm so used to saying Porcupine Freedom Festival that that just almost rolled right off the tongue but you're from Porcupine Real Estate and you're also a state representative four four times elected Can we explain the porcupine thing to people who may not understand what uh, porcupines are all about? Uh, I don't think we ever have, no. Well, let's do it. Um, so the idea, the official, the sort of official animal of the Free State Project is the porcupine. And the reason well, is, is... it's the official animal of the libertarian libertarianism, I right? think the libertarianism adopted it from the Free State Project mm-hmm. because it's no. just such a good... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you that's the case. I'm, I'm telling I'm you you're kind. wrong. Okay. <laughs> you can if you'd like. Uh, we've, been, we've been here and we've been porcupines for a long time. Um, the Libertarian Party has existed since the 70s? 1971. Yeah. And uh, they did not have the porcupine as their symbol. They were using the Statue of Liberty for an, uh, well into the first uh, half decade of the Free State Project. And okay. then they deci- saw the porcupine, liked it, and it works. It really works. Because it's a relatively peaceful animal, unless you are a corn farmer um, <laughs> and uh but if messed with obviously it can it can only act in defense and that's what we love about it it just wants to be left alone yep, yep. 
left alone to eat people's uh, vegetables. <laughs> I don't know anything about porcupines. Um, I, I have to stand correctly. Well, I don't know. It's unclear. Uh, 2006 was when libertarians started using the porcupine. That sounds right. So it was inspired by the logo of the Free State Project. So presumably, yes, uh, it, it would appear that the porcupine did originate with the Free State Project, which is surprising to me. I didn't know that. No, that's so, good. Now everybody's learning something. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. I, did, I did know they burn a, a wooden effigy of a porcupine here every year, yeah. uh, analogous to like Burning Man or something like that, except now that significantly was smaller. <laughs> yes. Well, clearly that was... I mean, yeah. You don't burn effigies of things without it being inspired by Burning Man at this point. I mean, it's just... Burn, burning Man is a cultural phenomenon. I We burned uh, witches um, at... Uh, uh, Halloween, um, we would have a bonfire with a, you know, a, a a straw witch. That was well before Burning Man. You 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 practiced burning. I guess we did. Heretics. Yeah, I guess we did. <laughs> this was normal. To, speaking of hating I don't, kids, I, I didn't think much about it, but I guess this normalizes the burning of witches. I guess. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but okay. All right. So we're here with Mark Warden of Porcupine Real Estate and you know Free State Project fame as. as Four times elected House representative. So this year has been, it's been a weird legislative session as far as I can tell, or at least there's been some novel bills coming through. There were three or four different bills related to the legalization of cannabis, at least one uh, related to the legalization or decriminalization of psilocybin cubensis. And then, of course, CACR 32, which was the bill that would have allowed the state of New Hampshire's voters to vote about whether or not the state would secede from the United States. So it's been an unusual legislative session. What uh, The one that I saw that caught my attention was someone drafted a bill about how to properly pull submerged logs out of a river. And like this was a bill related to that particular thing. And it just stunned me that someone like this is what that person was passionate about right that's what inspired them to run for office is people are incorrectly pulling logs out of rivers so what was the punishment for incorrectly pulling a log out of a river I didn't read the full text of the bill (laughs) (laughs) there's another bill that passed and we had to make it legal for recreational scuba divers to pull out lobsters without a license or something like that. Yeah. I mean, we have all these arcane laws on the books, but the funny thing about New Hampshire is it's a citizen legislature. Everybody's a volunteer. Unlike other states where they pay their representatives uh, salary, in New Hampshire, we get paid $100 a year. So in effect, we're volunteers. And people yeah, write these, these very simple one-page bills for something simple like that, like uh, logs in a river. It's pretty and I funny. Think that is really what New Hampshire can claim. Um, you know, so why they're the free, why they're the free estate is because basically we don't have this lawyer industrial complex that other states have. Unsuccessful lawyers in forty-eight, call them at least forty-five states. The unsuccessful lawyers want very badly to get into the legislature. They're going to get a, a regular paycheck, and they're going to get um, you know they're going to be able to help their buddies in this uh, area they're passionate with, which is writing crap down and punishing people for uh, violating it. And New Hampshire just doesn't quite have that. We certainly have a group of lawyers, but they at the very least work for the citizen legislature. Well, I'm, I'm not entirely clear on how bills work in the state of New Hampshire, but so correct me if I'm wrong. But don't they originate in the House? And if they're successful there, they go on to the Senate? Both bodies can originate bills. Okay. But we have so many more people in the House. They give House 
legislators who will sponsor bills. And typically every year, we have about a thousand bills that work their way through the legislature. Good Lord. It's ridiculous. And <laughs> so Val this says is what NHLA 700, is all about. 700 of those are House bills and maybe 300 are Senate bills. And then the vast majority of those get killed on their, on their respective side. And the few that remain pass over to the other body and they do some negotiations, hammer out the details, and then it goes to the governor. But yeah, then you mentioned the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. This is an all-volunteer organization that's unique to New Hampshire, where we have a lot of people who actually read the bills and then put, give them a liberty score uh, rating, if you will, positive or negative against freedom and liberty. And they hold the, the legislators accountable by seeing how they vote and um, keeping track of all their votes on these bills. That's right. Then, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, in addition to doing that, they... They rank each representative each each year, don't they? Yeah, they, they give you a score, like a letter score like you're in school, yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F. <laughs> yep. And then there's even one called, beyond, worse than F is constitutional threat. C, C, T. C, T, yeah. C, T, wow. yeah. And so, unfortunately, there are plenty of people who do that, who, so who earn that. What would, uh, by your estimation, what's a liberty rep? A B, a B plus? An A minus. I'm happy with a B plus. Okay. Yeah. I too. I too am a B, a B plus man. So, <laughs> how many legislators would you call uh, you know liberty friendly B plus th- uh, whatever terminology you like to use? Love that question. This year, this past two years, this cycle, there are roughly 400 state reps. I mean, yep. that's the most that you can have. But some people die or move out of town. But let's say of the 400, we had about 205 Republicans, so we were in the majority. 185 or so. Democrats, so we're all, no Democrat is going to get a good Liberty score. Generally, not. Uh, there've been a there've been a handful. Been a handful. I saw Michael Garcia the other night, and he was yeah. a, one of the rare exceptions. But of the let's say of the t- roughly two hundred Republicans, there are about eighty of us who are we, what we call the House Freedom Caucus, who would be a, uh, an 80 A out of the two B plus or better. It's yep. fantastic. Right. So, I mean, now you're talking about a full-on 20%, easy 20%, maybe 25, depending on how you want to count them, because there's a lot of red legislators that just don't show up, right? You know. Yeah, sure. of, the, of the entire House, and we're more than a third of our majority. Now, this so is, we, we can really throw our weight around, and we did these last two years. This is what I love about New Hampshire is the liberty veto. Now, obviously, it's not a, legisl- it's a legislative veto in so much as these reps decide what legislation makes it and what doesn't. New Hampshire is certainly unique in that regard, so you should still come out and hang out with us at ForkFest. Find out more at ForkFest.party. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com It is Free Talk Live, and I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. It is the best place to go to learn about cryptocurrency. If you're new to the subject, if you're curious about cryptocurrency, don't 
just dive into it like one of these lunatics out there buying an NFT. Actually learn about it first. So head on over to Bitcoin.com. Click Getting Started at the top of the page. It just takes a few minutes to learn about this important world-changing technology. There's a number of videos there. Just take three, four, or five minutes out of your day to learn about the basics. You can dig as deeply into this technology as you want, but don't just... Don't just go out there and buy an NFT of some stupid rock or something like that and think you're going to make a bunch of money. Learn what this stuff actually is and don't buy an NFT in the first place, but that's a different subject. Bitcoin.com, that's where you want to go. And if you do already know about cryptocurrency, head on over to news.bitcoin.com to stay up to date on all of the news and headlines that are relevant to you all on a sleek, easy-to-use modern website. That's news.bitcoin.com. With you today, it's Aria and Mark, and we're joined by Mark Warden of Porcupine Real Estate, or uh, the House of Representatives, or New Hampshire Liberty Alliance. So which one of these projects <laughs> would you like to be most closely identified with? All of the above. It, we're, everybody that's moving to New Hampshire, the Free State Project, really just has to contribute and be involved in the community and volunteer. So I've, sure. I've just tried to find places where I, I resonate with the work. And I've always been interested in politics, so it's been a good one. And by the way, you just you read an ad for Bitcoin. When I ran for state rep back in 2012, and I won, I was the first legislative candidate in the country to accept Bitcoin contributions true. for I my campaign. That. I knew. Wow. Yeah, I remember Mark and Ian probably remember that, but uh, your listeners won't. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, we do a lot of cutting-edge stuff in New Hampshire from a very liberty-oriented perspective. Certainly. I would not have. Well, I guess someone had to be first. I'm, I'm glad it was someone here in New Hampshire. And I'm glad it was you, you. Congratulations on that. So tell us about some of the zanier stuff that's going on in the legislative session. Uh, Mark said you want to talk about flying cars. I mentioned the lock thing that came to my attention because when all of these LSRs first got released, I went through. They just had a little short text here about what the bill was basically about. Some of them didn't have any text whatsoever. Some of them. So I just went through finding out, you know, what what is the the House of Representatives going to be voting on and some of the things were really, really stupid, like the recovering submerged logs bill or whatever it was. And some of them were horrifying, like allowing um, conversion therapy. Some of them were less innocuous, like uh, legalizing, uh, decriminalizing medical marijuana or I think medical marijuana is already legal in New Hampshire. It's it's very vague. Marijuana is decriminalized in New Hampshire, whatever that means. So what is this flying cars thing? Because I think at this point we should have flying cars. It would make everyone safer. And I realize to the average person who doesn't like to think, they think, no, flying is going to be way less safe than you know driving a car. But there's a lot more space there for people to not have accidents. And there's zero pedestrians in the sky. So Sarah in New Mexico, if you're listening, that should make you happy. Flying cars means no pedestrians getting run over. Absolutely. You don't have the traffic congestion where people are just sitting there idling their engines. I mean, you're direct from point A to point B. It's very fuel efficient. It is. And flying is so much faster. I, I learned this you know, with two-seater planes and stuff like that. Like Flying from here at Lancaster back to Keene, New Hampshire would take maybe 30 to 45 minutes versus driving, which is a, almost a three-hour ordeal. Also, the... Um uh, you know the path from point A to point B is relatively simple to navigate in so much as it can be done by robots as opposed to humans. Well, I it's essentially agree. a straight line most of the time. Well, you got to get up there and get um, and that sort of thing. But I mean, you know, you as long as you're above the power poles and the trees, there's not much to hit. And except other flying cars. Well, uh, yes, and uh, presumably keep your eyes open. The computers are working with each other to yes. figure out where the other flying cars are and these sorts of things. But 
Well, there are that, the flying car is a real thing. They're they're in beta yeah, testing. There's yeah. some in Europe. A couple of European brands. There's one American brand. But a friend of ours named Keith Ammon, who's a state representative in New Hampshire, uh, is very interested in that space. He has his own pilot's license, and he got passed in the legislature, basically a bill that will allow these vehicles to run on the roads in New Hampshire. These are they look like cars, but they have foldable wings. The wings fold up and fold out. And they don't have to go very fast, just about 100 miles an hour before they can take off. And That's they pretty can, good. They can take off and land either on a runway or even on a street. But the idea is they drive like a car when the wheels are folded down, but they don't have all the safety equipment that a car does that's required by, you know, USD, uh, whatever the alphabet right. soup uh, transportation authority is. So, so these are got, going to be legal in New Hampshire? Well, they, yes, you got to be legal to drive these in New Hampshire as long as you're licensed as long as the vehicle is licensed by the FAA that's they figure that's safe enough and then they waive the requirement that you have the the appropriate safety features of a car and remember that uh, any trice uh a tricycle, any uh, vehicle that has three wheels, also doesn't ascribe to all the rules that cars do too. And the um, so I used to have one of those. Fun fact: What would you have? Uh, it was a Snyder. It was an American company. It was a 2012 Snyder. Okay. Uh, there's a Fine. reason they went out of business. Okay. It wasn't. Was that great? No. It, it was. It was a piece of crap. Okay. No. I mean, it worked, and it got like 95 miles per gallon, but it. It was very basic, and you never quite felt like it wasn't going to fall apart. <laughs> I'm on the list for one of those Apteras, so I'm excited about this new car space too. Well, these things brand new were like six grand, so I mean, you're, oh, that's cheap. Yeah, you're not buying a you know Ferrari, yeah, right? Indeed. So, um, is this the? Uh, uh, do you have much hope for this? I mean, is there are there a bunch of people waiting in line in order to be able to use New Hampshire roads as runways or what? Dude, I'm absolutely consider me first in line. <laughs> well, absolutely. The thing is, it's legal now, so we just need the technology to catch up with this uh, yeah. allow, uh, allowed use. But actually, in Nashua, they have a small airport in Nashua, New Hampshire, where they're test flying these vehicles. So, so they're coming. Would, would I, I, I'm not, I don't even live far from an airport, so even if I had to take off and land from an airport, do I have to have a pilot's license to use one of these, or would an would ordinary driver's license work? That, they had a lot of fun d- debates and questions like this <laughs> d- during the hearings on this See, this legislation. is why I love New You ask a crazy-ass question like that, it's like the house uh, If you're flying, you definitely have to have an FAA, FAA pilot's yes. license if you're flying. Yep. That's way more important than but the driver's license. But you can drive license. the car with regular driver's license. So as long as you don't take off, you're fine. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> you don't really need a pilot's license. Well, I guess legally you do need a pilot's license in order to fly a plane. I, I, you're just not commonly asked for that when you contact airports and stuff like that so but how would well, getting pulled over work if you were like <laughs> what would they would they send out a helicopter and follow me back to an airport and then it, it's very bizarre and I, I look forward to it i hope that we eventually dial that back where you just have to have some sort of driver's license because i don't know what the hoops are to get a pilot's license through the faa but it, it seems like it's probably pretty extensive and pretty expensive yeah we'll have to have representative ammon call into the show and give us the details on all the <laughs> The rules on these things. But it, the point is that New Hampshire is ahead of a lot of the states on, on pushing the, the boundaries, uh, removing, removing limitations, restrictions on people's lives. And, you know, we'd like to be at the vanguard for that. What's some of the uh, best stuff as far as freedom legislation goes in the last two terms? I know you've been uh, elected the last two terms. Yeah. Just basically cutting the budget was a gift to taxpayers. We cut the budget by a billion dollars. It was the most conservative 
um, budget in the entire United States. What's the percentage of cut from the previous uh, cut? About 10%. Yeah, reduction. I remember there was a 12% cut previously. Yeah, that's right. Back in 2011, we cut it uh, 12%. And who and can this was say a, that about their state? No, but everywhere Ladies else. and gentlemen, listen. Are, are you yeah. listening right now? Who of you can say, yo, yeah, my state cut its budget? I don't know <laughs> the answer to that, but I'll bet not many. Very few. I don't. I think we're the only one in the entire United States that actually cut the state spending from cycle to cycle. It's pretty amazing. But we're also at the cutting edge of cryptocurrency because we have so many small, ill, libertarian or liberty-leaning state representatives in New Hampshire. Um, they're, they put in a bill that got passed to keep the banking commission from regulating money transmitters. So if you're a money transmitter using cryptocurrency, you know, sending it to uh, remittances, the banking commission doesn't touch it. So that's pretty awesome. And then we've also worked with the state of Wyoming where they've passed really good uh, legislation to bring stuff to New Hampshire. And that, what that ended up being was a study commission to study the entire blockchain technology industry. Thanks so much for your service, Mark Warden of PorcupineRealEstate.com. If you want to come to New Hampshire, buy a house, that's where you want to go, PorcupineRealEstate.com. Thank you so much for joining us, Mark. There's more coming up here from PorkFest 2022. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival Day 3 here, and it is actually Day 3, and I know I'm going to keep screwing things up like that because we try to get ahead, but it is actually Day 3 here. A bit overcast, a a little bit chilly. Uh, Mark, you have a jacket. Ernie, you have a hoodie, and uh, of course, I'm Aria with here with Mark here. With bare shoulders, and you're f- making me cold looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> and we are jo- joined by Ernie Hancock, and I- I'm I'm sure you've got stuff going on that you want to talk about, and I absolutely want to get into it, but I specifically asked you to hang around this morning after you did your show, and that's because two things happened yesterday. Now, for those who listen to the show and have been listening for a long time, they, they will know that there's one issue I absolutely hate discussing and i'm the least likely among the hosts to bring in show prep that's about it and that's being trans okay it's not something i enjoy talking about just like i don't enjoy talking about the crypto six right everyone wants to ask me about the crypto six it's like my least favorite subject can can we not talk about the federal trial i have in pending please (laughs) and and the possibility of federal prison ask me how my day's going maybe (laughs) It was better before you asked me. Right, yes. right, right, right. So, I mean, there are just some issues that I, they're just part of my lives, and they're things that I just are part of my lives and are not particularly conversation worthy, but I understand why they're conversation worthy to other people. That said, two things did happen yesterday that I wanted to discuss. It's been weighing heavily on me. Okay. So I don't want to discuss trans stuff, but I feel like I need to, to get, to get this weight off of me. That, that seems to be the best way of going about it. Now, the first thing we can't really talk about because the person it happened with isn't willing to talk about it on the air. I wanted to get this person on the air with us to hash this out. And I think it says a lot about, about their motives that they're not willing to talk about it in a public forum. But this is someone who changed their, their gender identity on their license to female, to female and they're claiming to be a woman and they're sporting a full beard and absolutely nothing about them has changed. Right. Nothing's changed. Full beard. They self-identified woman because they can check the box done. Well, as um, I understand it, he hasn't asked me to to uh, use female pronouns. Right. As I understand it, he just 
changed his gender. Do, do and I his know license. this person? Or you, yes, uh, probably. You describe them. I've seen them. Yeah, you know this person. I I, I don't want to name them on the air. I'll, I will name them during the break because you certainly know. Are they them. wearing the scarf and earrings? Uh, guide something. It doesn't no, matter. Whatever. But, so, it's it's frustrating to me because. The, the reason that I didn't understand it, that this person did this, was because it's so easy, right? And the point he made yesterday was that, you know, conservatives have this fear that people can just check a box or whatever and get their registration changed to female, and then they can use the women's restroom or get all the, quote, benefits of being a woman yep. without actually, you know, transitioning or anything like that. So it rubs me well, a I little bit. Well, I think people bit. can do that. Well, that's, clearly, he did that. Right. <laughs> but fulfilling conservatives' worst fears about transgenderism is not doing the trans community any favors. Well, and what was the purpose? Was it just because he could and be a butthead? Is he transitioning? Is, is he, you know, uh, one of the initials in the LB, whatever the hell, or something? I mean, what? What, what were we as, talking about? As I understand it, the person it did it just to be a pain uh, and is not transitioning, has no intention of transitioning. Well, was it to be supportive of the, you know, trans people or to make fun of them I, or to make fun of conservatives? What was the point? I don't know how it could be not making fun of trans people. And, and that was sort of the issue that we got into yesterday. He didn't see it that way. Well, he it may have been the issue, but not the people. I mean, what is what, what was he, his stated reason why he did it? Or her did it or whatever? Because of conservatives and their fear that this sort of thing will happen. And uh, to so me, there that, it happened. Now what? Yeah, to me that doesn't make any sense. So because you, you think conservatives are being silly about X happening, and you think it's unlikely, so you're going to go out and do X to presumably prove prove to them that it won't happen. I I don't understand the logic there, and I would love to hash this out with the person, but it doesn't seem to it, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. The other thing that happened was yesterday there was the NH Independence panel. And on it, there was some guy that Mark ended up encountering who wanted to be on the show. And so Mark said, come on by. And I happened to come by the booth at one point. And the guy was talking to Mr. Penguin, uh, Chris Wade, who's on the show with us, I think, on Friday nights. And he said something to the effect of, uh, Chris said something to the effect of, well, Aria's right there. She can get you on right now. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And without even looking at me, without even turning his head in my direction, without even acknowledging my existence, the guy says, no, I just want to be on with Mark. So I was like, well, well, what do you mean? You don't want to be on with me at all? He goes, I just want to be on with Mark. So I said, well, you don't get to be on then. So that's it. That, that's your options here. Uh, sure, if you, if you give him a good reason, I, I, I could understand. Like Carla, uh, two years ago, didn't want to be on with me, and it had nothing to do with me being trans. It was, had to do with me trolling her Senate campaign. So I get it. Didn't hold that against her. But the guy yesterday, what, what was so remarkable about it was that he was wearing an NHExit.us hoodie. And I don't know if he's aware of this or not, but I was one of three driving forces behind NH Exit and the secession uh, CACR 32. But does he know up, Mark? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so, so. So you think he didn't want to be on you because of your uh, whatever color hair that is? Well, what is I that color? That, I can't imagine any other reason. I mean, <laughs> well, we agree. What is the color of the hair? You, 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 it's just red. Fire red, engine red. Fire red, yeah. <laughs> so, so he's going... Yeah, I think I'll decline because of your. I'm assuming it's because I'm trans. I can't imagine any other reason well, that it. But really why would you assume been. it was that? Because he's sporting 
NHX that stuff. I mean, he wants to talk about no, I mean, NHX independence. Why would you assume that he wouldn't be want to be on because you're? Trans. Why would? Why wouldn't he? I mean, what other reason could he possibly have? Uh, We're both he libertarians. Likes Mark, he wants to date him. For all I know, we're both right? libertarians here at the Liberty Festival. We're well, both supporters of NHX independence. That that, um, that both of these your assumptions are true, and that these people are fictitious, right? Like you haven't named their names, so right. um, it doesn't particularly matter. There's certainly somebody amongst the 3,500 people that are going to be at uh, Pork Fest throughout the um, Pork Fest, Pork Fest throughout the whole two week period. Mm-hmm. One of them certainly would refuse to do the show with you because certainly. of your trans aspect, and one of them um, would go ahead and change their gender on their license just to be a troll. Let's stipulate and presume that those are the reasons. Sure. And uh, now, what's your question for me? I don't particularly have a question for you. It was just, you just feel bad? You're upset? I don't know about upset, but it, okay. it's a, like I said, there, there's a weight on my chest regarding these yep. issues that I wanted to get off. Like uh, the, the first example, uh, who we're not going to name for obvious right. reasons. Because they're fictitious. Yeah. <laughs> well, he insists that he is a woman, right? He, yeah. he, he's not giving up the con. He's going all in. And see, if you ask this person what gender they are, they're going to say woman as they stand there with a full beard and absolutely nothing changed about them well, whatsoever. Well, this is one of the things that kind of pisses me off about the whole trans thing. Not you, the sure. trans thing, right? Like that any jackass can go ahead and say... I'm a woman. And if they go through and they fill out the government paperwork, then you're going to have to go along with it. See, and I don't care about the government to, paperwork. I, I hear you. But what I'm saying is, is I don't care about that. Now, if somebody is uh, provides to me value, then I, what I consider is using your pronouns. I'm using air quotes here. Using your pronouns to be providing value. If I'm going to make the effort to sure. go ahead and uh, you know use special pronouns and those kind of things, somebody needs to provide me value. And if they don't, then I'm not going to bother with them. I just don't care enough. Um, I think the can, issue. Can I be in that? Can I raise my hand? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. You know, am I allowed to care? Uh, to not care. Absolutely. I just, I just, <laughs> I just don't. I thought that's what we were going for. Well, I tend, it didn't is, matter. That's I what tend Mark's to not saying. care. But pronouns are all about making someone else care, and that's the thing. Is this that in our case? You have case, to care this way. You have to care in my. You have to care for me in my way, and that's like I, I just, you know, this. It's beyond me. Um, you know, I'm old. I'm too old. I've I checked out before this all happened. Care. So with Aria, I can do it. And with some friends that I have met who've made the effort, like they're wearing skirts, they're growing their hair out, they're doing things that says, you know, that in fact this gender dysphoria thing I've been told about that I presume is true, um, that it's, you know, that, that they they appear to have it, right? See, that's the thing. You mentioned gender dysphoria. Uh, I think the terminology now is gender identity disorder, but it doesn't matter. It's the same thing, gender right? Gender what disorder? Gender identity disorder. Right. And that's it's, the... It's con- important to change it. That's the gender condition disorder. where one's birth sex doesn't align with the gender that they choose to identify as or that they feel they identify as, whatever terminology, yep. right? That's what gender... I is- wish to that week for whatever political conjure up... Well, well that's the thing. No, that's where, they if they want, that's if where I doing check it, out. No, if they're doing it for that reason, they don't have gender identity disorder, right? Yep. This is a thing. <laughs> have, this is one thing. Well, there's a, a reason. Hole. There's a. So you gotta have. Well, hold on, because we're about to go out to go. disorder before you can actually identify. Well, you're not disordered enough to be trans. <laughs> I mean, you know, you gotta be careful what you say here. You know. No, you can certainly be disordered enough. That that's the way that it works, though. Gender identity disorder is diagnosed as one's birth sex not corresponding to their gender identity. That's the illness, and that is an illness, right? The treatment for that is to become trans and to transition. Now, someone sitting there saying that, you know, they're they're transitioning, they're a woman now without gender identity disorder, 
That's where they screw up. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off. Now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live here at day three of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You are invited to join us if you have tickets. If you don't have tickets, you probably can't get them at this point, but you can join us at Forkfest which is happening next week. It's starting on June the 27th. It's continuing on to July the 3rd. You can come down here and hang out with us. There is a lot of background noise, as you might expect. People having fun. We are here on site at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Talking with, it's Aria and Mark, talking with Ernie Hancock about some stuff that's been weighing on me. Actually, the, this whole trans thing among libertarians has been hanging around me for a long time. Yep. Uh, like for several months now, because there's this overwhelming tendency of libertarians to to talk about trans people as this monolithic social justice warrior entity and then they well, that's car- how the internet sort of presents it. it's not yes. and then they carve out <laughs> the, they told me they carve out this special little exemption for me you're like yep. other trans people like that yeah but, but that not you aria is cool yeah but you know it's not accurate i mean it's accurate to what happens but it's not accurate <laughs> to the real world okay. right that most of the trans people I know are, are far more like me than they are the, the screaming Tiffany lady from Gam- GameStop that happened a number of years ago. Yep. Where she, you know, she started kicking over displays or whatever because someone called her the wrong gender. But before we left off there, we were talking about gender identity disorder. And I think these definitions are important. I think they get confused a lot. Like gender identity disorder is an illness. And as we said, it's the condition where one's birth sex doesn't align with their preferred gender. That whatever whatever they feel in their soul, they're supposed to be. Is that a mental illness? It is a mental illness. But what isn't a mental illness? That's my uh, contention is is that uh, I had a a listener, a a very supportive listener um, who... A very supportive listener that you know was contending that you have a mental illness, and I'm like, okay, well, if we were somehow to uh, kick everybody with a mental illness out of the Libertarian Party, we'd be in bad shape. That's a fair point. 
the treatment for gender identity disorder is generally to transition, to, to resolve that conflict as much as one is comfortable doing. Right. So, like, is it could it just be done at home? And, like, uh, like can you halfway? I'm, I'm, I have lots of questions. Sure. I don't mean it to be offensive. Well, you no, haven't that's, asked them all yet. <laughs> I, I probably asked I more, asked them, more questions than you have. I, asked, <laughs> I have asked quite a, quite a few. He but, tends to ask them off the air, and that's why I want to record the banter yeah. between Mark and me when it's off the air. All but. Right. Ask them on the air. It's it's even better that way, I think. But uh, I, I don't recall what your question well, I, was. I guess my question is: Is could I have d- gender dysphoria and then just uh, you know private. play yeah. woman uh, on the weekend and uh, evenings and and? Well, that's how every trans person starts, yeah, right? Yeah. But it, it's important not to understate the impact that something like this happens has on people. It it sounds so trivial, right? Yeah. But if you have gender it must, identity no, no, disorder, it, it must be a big deal. Yeah. I contend it must be a big deal because and I want to talk about that because your reasoning here is spot on, and it's something that I think like the guy uh, who was here claiming to have been a woman is like, well, my life got a lot easier. I'm going to live longer. I get better houses. Here's like, dude, there is nothing that transitioning made easier in my life. It it only made things more difficult. So to so to stand there and act like your life became easier by this is is a true slap in the face to everyone who underwent this arduous process that made no one happy except themselves and then had to deal with all of the fallout of that. Yep. It's not a pleasant thing. Is it possible that some attention whores do this for... Transtrender is certainly a thing. That's I don't people, know what that terminology means. It, it means... Transtrender. Yes, they it, being trans is the hip new thing. Like being queer, being LGBTQI, triple A, P plus. Yeah. Well, at this point, the definitions the cool are thing. so wide that everybody is. Oh yeah, no, it's it's in the school system. They have such a higher percentage. Either confused or they're claiming to be bi, or they don't know what the hell. Wait this week for Facebook to tell Zoomers me. Zoomers are at twenty percent of the population is LGBT. Whatever that may mean. That is, I I don't think that's accurate i well that, i don't know I'm no just, i mean naturally yeah. i mean that's manufactured with you know well, peer pressure and there is and a bunch of bs in the, it the i know a i know a person who claims to be a female to male trans person that means she was born a girl and she identifies as a male yep she exclusively dates women. She constantly talks about how big her rack is. She, like this person, is doing absolutely nothing to transition to appearing as a man. So as far as I can tell, she's a straight girl. Yeah, that means you're transphobic. <laughs> That's what people would say, right? I'm being transphobic. Like, but you're not... You're not even if you have gender identity disorder, that's one thing. But the having gender identity disorder isn't the same thing as being trans. If you want to transition, if you want to be trans, then take the steps to actually transition. Having gender, having gender identity disorder and being there, a, a, a person with a beard and you know a five o'clock shadow saying you want to be called woman, my calling you a woman isn't going to help your gender identity disorder. What will help is for you to go home and shave that beard and maybe put on some makeup or something to actually resolve that conflict between how you appear, how you present to people, and how you feel on the inside. Oh my God. I you know to have a trans person saying somebody's not trans enough. Yeah. You know, no, that's I mean, what's going on. Blowing my mind here. I'm not you know? saying they're not trans yeah. enough. I'm saying they're not trans at no, all. I mean, no, the they don't have gender dysphoria. Even get to have no, they have gender identity disorder. 
That's the uh, this is this is the issue that I'm trying to get at, right? But I thought that's trans the was illness. the treatment. Trans is the treatment, but just because they have the illness doesn't mean they're undergoing the treatment. Well, I can it's get like open heart surgery even if I don't have uh, a, no, no, a heart no. condition. So we're, we're not talking in that direction, though. Okay, okay, we're talking about people who have gender di- who have the condition but aren't getting the surgery. We're talking about people who have heart disease. So we're distinguishing between trans surgery. and a holes. Is that what we're trying to do here? No, we're explaining how this actually works. You okay. know, no, how? gender. Identity disorder. In your subjective opinion. Well, right, this, is, are, this is what the words mean, right? In your subjective. <laughs> well, I don't know that. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that that's true. I think that you can um, transition without having gender dysphoria, right? Certainly, like, certainly could, one can certainly transition without having. One can have chemotherapy without having cancer. No one's saying. But can I transition I, I can take, throughout the day? Can I go like I think I'm a man now and I'm a woman later and like? Well, that's right. We that's, go party it. That's called being queer, right? That, that's gender queer. That, that's not being trans. That's, okay. that's, a, that's its own distinct yeah, thing. Do you, do you understand how confusing this is for a 51-year-old yes, guy? That's why I'm trying to oh, explain I got it. it, right? I, I think I have it. It's just like, well, well, see, I guess I'm with... Explain it. it, it you know, you're saying, okay, we're, you know, Ari's going to explain it to us. So I'm just, Ari, when you do you do that, you're you're putting your own label or what somebody said or what's in some book or somebody, I'm like... I I I I don't care, and it doesn't really matter to me. It's, right? You know the the character, of the individual. You know, are they dependable? Are they reliable? Do they brush their teeth? Are they you know whatever they don't? I, I, we gotta go to break, so I I want to. No, I'm trying to get you to move closer to the mic. So I, oh, I want you to keep okay. going. I thought you were you know, <laughs> saying we're getting. No, sorry. I'm if, a la- I gotta be louder. If your opinion, which I don't, closer to the mic entirely disagree with but if your opinion is valid then my opinion would be valid too and my opinion might be that transitioning just shouldn't occur at all right like just lump it and this is that's a valid opinion it's not one that i i would agree with but, but i mean certainly the treatment of transitioning is not for everyone a lot of people would be better to go to a therapist and have that conflict resolved in some other way you know, and, then, and that that's the type of person who's like, if I just, you know, had longer hair, if I just had electrolysis, or if I just had, you know, sexual reassignment surgery, then I would feel like a woman. That's the kind of person who should be advised not to transition, because there's nothing that's ever going to happen externally that is going to change how you feel internally. Getting on hormones isn't going to make you feel like yeah. a woman. You either feel like a woman and have gender identity disorder, or you don't. And I think therapists in the United States and in the Western world in general are doing trans people an enormous disservice by catering to this idea that anyone who says, I'm confused about my gender, should transition. That isn't necessarily the case. A lot of these people just need to be be pulled back. It's like, look, no, you're not going to feel like a woman just because you start taking hormones. Okay, I got a short rant. How much time do we have? Uh, no, it's like 30 seconds. Okay. It's Ernie's gonna, got a rant coming it's up It's going to take 2.6 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it then. But it's a messy situation, but you're absolutely right. Someone can be trans without having gender identity disorder, just like I can take aspirin without having a headache, or I can have chemotherapy, if I had the money, without undergoing cancer. Not in the U.S., but someplace. Yes. <laughs> but, but, that is, but transitioning isn't just getting some, some government docu- documents signed. There's more coming up here from Porcupine Theater Festival. It is Free Talk Live.
It is Free Talk Live, day three of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. A little overcast, a little bit chilly. I don't find it too chilly, but I, I can certainly see why, you know, why you're wearing a jacket, you're wearing a hoodie, Ernie. Because it, it's a bit overcast, but it's a beautiful day here, and there, there are continuing to be people rolling in here at the already packed campground here. It's going to be an interesting week. It's only Wednesday. I mean, the weekend is always where it's busier, where there will be more people here. It's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. But I want to tell you real quick about Bitcoin.com because that's the best place to go to learn about cryptocurrency. If you're new to the subject, don't know anything about it, head on over there. That's Bitcoin.com. Click getting started at the top of the page. Take a few minutes out of your day to learn about this important world-changing information. It doesn't take a lot of time for you to learn the basics, like three or four minutes. They have a couple of very short videos there. Don't just jump into Bitcoin and start buying it like a lunatic, not knowing anything about it. Learn about it (laughs) at Bitcoin.com. And if you already know about the subject, you can stay up to date on all of the news and headlines that are relevant to you, all on a sleek, easy-to-use modern website at news.bitcoin.com. That's news.bitcoin.com. With you today is Arya and Mark, and we're joined by Ernie. Ernie, you said that you have a red. We've been talking about the the transgender thing because it's been weighing on me kind of heavily the past few days. Well, the past few months, really. And I'm of the mind that gender identity disorder... <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not something that I think about. You know, it's just how I live my life. And that's one of the issues I had with the first person yesterday. Like, the whole I'm a woman thing, that's a card that he can play whenever he wants. To me, it's always in play. If I go online and stream uh, Free Talk Live, it's always going to get brought up. Jealous? No. Yes. Yes. Ernie, I would love to be able to just do a damn show and not have people go, what's that freaking with the red hair? Nothing would make me happier. And this person's doing it as a as a joke? No, dude, it sucks. I want to be able to talk about liberty things. That's why I don't want to talk about, you know, trans things. I want to be able to just do a damn show about libertarianism without having the trolls out there focusing on this one thing that I don't ever even bring up. So, um, what I ha- would say regarding it is is that like I've, I'm the opposite of what you are, right? Like, uh, and and I'm curious about this red self-identify as having fire engine red well, hair. Well, first too. you got to define opposite. What are you talking right. about? Well, what I'm saying is, is that I, the haircut I have, the clothes I wear, I do for two reasons: one, social acceptance; two, comfort. They really, I don't sit there and think about my gender or any of this stuff. If a rayon skirt. Was the most comfortable thing I could have could wear. And kilts are looking pretty good. <laughs> I, I, well, I have a kilt, and I almost never wear it because I'd be uncomfortable in. I'm uncomfortable in public in it. I I'm, I don't want people staring at me for the clothes I'm wearing. I want uh, to be I special and unique for my opinion, as opposed to for how I dress. So I, I want have the a, same thing. I well. I have a difficult time. Uh, you ha- could choose to be a. Uh, you could have chosen at one point in your life to be a, a closet, a good-looking young man who uh, you know didn't have uh, the, the tattoos. I mean, you ripped, built, good-looking, right? <laughs> and I think this is to some extent, a small extent, um, what you're dealing with with some people is is they're like, "Well, what a waste! What a good-looking young man that I was!" Know, you, you know, you, you make you you make a good-looking man. 
Thanks, Ernie. I appreciate that. I've not, seen not, pictures. Not a bad I mean, woman, but I mean, you characterize it as as a choice, right? And, right. And, 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 and it is being characterized as a choice because I'm not I understand saying it's not a choice, but I want to explain the gravity of the choice, right? Yep. To, to most people, they're just driving along in a car, and it's music that they they sort of like or that they're indifferent to. They they don't feel particularly compelled to change the station. But being yep. trans is like it's the music that you hate more than anything else that's playing, and you're like, no, look, we've got to change the station, and you have the passion going. I don't see what the big deal is. I don't mind listening to country. It's like, but I do. It does bother me. I mean, these, the scars on my wrist aren't an accident, right? Gender identity disorder sucks. And it often goes with in hand in hand with suicide. And yeah, there's they also, like a 40% suicide rate among people who have gender identity disorder. It's, and they uh, transition. It doesn't seem to stop it either. A lot of those shouldn't have transitioned because they fall into that category of, yeah. oh, well, if I start taking hormones or whatever, then I'll really feel like a woman. And so, this is the difficulty of it sort of at, for the people who, uh, you know, sit here on the sidelines, right? Right. Um, you know, where all we feel like is, is like, hey, you know, get my pronouns right and shut up about your opinions. And, you know, my opinions are the only ones that count, uh, says the trans person. But I'm not saying my, my opinion is the only one that matters. I'm just saying that, you know, this is a world that I live in and, and I think that that should carry some weight, you know. No doubt. So, Look at my hair. I get to have an opinion. And the, um, the, the well, the, everyone can have an opinion. Oh, I just, but you want to tell them what their opinion should be. No, I want to tell them why I'm right. You, you can <laughs> you can have whatever opinion you want, but if it's wrong, I'm going to call it wrong. You can have the opinion that you know there is no the moon isn't real. You're welcome to that opinion, but I'm still going to tell you why that opinion is incorrect. Well, in your opinion, see, this is the thing. I, I remember. Butler Schaefer, uh, a uh, constitutional law professor out of Southwestern University, and uh, we were good friends, and I'd interview him. He'd do that to me all the time. I'd make some say, I'd go, oh, this is obviously A is A, whatever. And he goes, uh-huh, in your subjective opinion. And I go, yeah, but this he goes, uh-huh, in your subjective opinion. He'd just do that, be a butthead, you know. I don't think, think that makes a difference that it's just my opinion. Everything is ultimately just someone's opinion. It's like Nietzsche said, Which there are no facts, point, only interpretations. You know? So my thing is, here's my rant to get this in before we end this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, I peruse the news a lot every day, except when I'm up here, you know, to have uh, staff put up. I get the links, the different stories. That I, you know, I go, man, I'd really want to know more about that. You know, so I send it and they put it up. And, of course, this trans thing comes up. And I'm just like, you know, I really, it's not important to me. I don't care unless there's some real issue that's being, I think, is, you know, indicative to freedom and personal opinion. And you get to do it the hell you want. And I don't care. It's when I got a mandate or I got to do it, I'm going to be punished or I got to pay for something or, you know, something like that. And, you know, I got an opinion. But uh, the one thing that I saw that was interesting was the um, Harry Potter R.K. Rowling thing. Yeah. You know, she said something and they just went after her and you're excommunicated from society because you didn't do it right or something. What did she do or say? Don't know. Don't care. You know, it's just, wow, that was, you know. The weirdos turned on her. Yeah, that I mean, seems. The, the seems... fans, the rabid fans of J.K. Rowling are weirdos, as I as I sit here in a wizard's cap. Um, and I know, that is awesome. He's got this big blue silver star one of my favorite Facebook groups is called cap. Harry Potter and the adults who should have read another book by now. Because, <laughs> because you do have these grown adults who it seems like the only books they've ever read in their lives were the Harry Potter books. And they are absolutely obsessed. Like, well, sure, they were entertaining. Like DC Comics, Marvel Comics. There's a lot of people in the right. movie makers. Fine. They got their own deal, Comic-Con LARP swordplay of, I got little kids around here being zombie assassins all over the right. place. You know, but... 
You know, none of that matters. That's freedom, man. You know, peace out. Certainly. But she had uh, something that they didn't like and just... Um, She's a TERF. She's a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. That's right. the terminology. And she does. She See, does. Ex- there's terminology for that. I got to remember all this shit. No, you don't you have know, to remember it. This is this is what happened that I thought was um, interesting. Can you be a trans exclusionary mild feminist? Oh, stop! <laughs> stop, man. I got, you know, I, I had uh, Angela Keaton. I one time we were talking about these issues and everything, and I'm just like, I just want to know when all the letters stop. Yeah. You just add a plus at the end now. I mean, you know, I'm just like, come on, man. Seriously, it's this is why I prefer GSM. It is. It's gender and sexual minorities. It's short. It's simple. I also prefer but everyone but straight people because that's what they really mean. They mean everyone okay, well, but me, straight people. Let me finish people. this point. Well, we, we we can, we'll have to hold on, or I've got to go back and delete something to make room for it. It depends on whether or not you want to stay. All right, we'll go ahead and finish it up. I'll start off with it. It's free till five. Free Talk Live from the Pokemon Freedom Festival here. Day three, a bit overcast, a bit chilly. In fact, I'm starting to think about, okay, I should go up there and get my hoodie after a few more minutes of this. With you today, it's Mark, and we're joined by Ernie. We're talking about my my least favorite subject to talk about. Unless there's something really interesting going on in the trans world that's worth talking about, I prefer to just not talk about it. And yes, you're correct, Ernie. Before I get into that, I want to tell you about truthsmacks.com. Go there. And order some of these these tree smacks. It's trail mix. If you like trail mix, they have two different varieties. There's there's normal and there's peppermint infused. She told us yesterday about how the peppermint infusion actually works, and it seems pretty cool. It's very creative. And on the back of each of these are a bunch of quotes that are freedom oriented or awakening oriented. I don't I don't know how to characterize them, but they're they're important. They're truth quotes, as she would characterize it. So check it out at truthsmacks.com. She was on the show with us yesterday promoting it. It's absolutely wonderful trail mix. And I don't even like trail mix, but Ian's a big fan of it. Mark's Ernie's sitting here eating it. It's apparently pretty good. Oh, it's good. very good. And yeah, it's, no, I finally opened the bag. I go, is this like a special bag? Give me that. And it's unadulterated <laughs> crap. No, no GMOs. No, none of that stuff. Just raw, unadulterated food like nature intended. Check it out at truthsmacks.com. Dot com. So yeah, we are talking about my least favorite subject because you know it it used to happen a lot more than it does these days. But back in the day when I first started being on Call to Freedom and Free Talk Live, it was inevitable. Every single show we would start streaming and someone would bring up the fact that I'm trans, like like it's news to me or like the other people in the studio somehow didn't know they were in the studio with a trans person. <laughs> and I just want to do a show that's about liberty, yeah. right? That that's what I want to talk about. And I want to live in a world where a trans person can you know, stream a video game and it just be about the video game. I'll never forget the first time I was streaming a video game and the chat was actually about the game I was playing and not about me being trans. It, it was like, wow, this is what it feels like to be a normal person and streaming. Because if this happened with you, if you were doing a show, no one would go, who's that straight cis dude there in the studio, Mark? They might say I'm old. You know, at fifty-one, um, that might be uh, with the video game. They might, they might, yeah, 
I, I, I could see that. I but in that general, it, when, it's not an issue you're going to encounter. It's not when an there's issue a video I want component, to there's going to be a visual component. And yes. you are visually striking. And yes. you, it's not like you don't take time to do this, right? That's like, true. Your hair's dyed red, and I know it doesn't grow that way. It does not. So um, you're, you're taking the time. It's not because it's visual striking. It's just because it genuinely looks better on me, and it causes mm-hmm. me to look more feminine than other hair colors. And it's possible... These people are coming to the conclusion, like maybe they're not even saying that you're trans. They're just like using the term freak, I think uh, it might be. Because it's not like that term wasn't applied to me and mine right. back in the 80s. No, I grew up in high school being called a freak. We were goths. Yeah. And the terminology they used for us then was, you know, we were the freaks, not the goths. And it, it was never a label that we found particularly, we called ourselves the freaks, right? I mean, it was just what we were. It was our social identity. Just like you had the nerds and the jocks yeah, and all sure. of that. You know, what's amazing, I remember I graduated high school in 79, so back in the day, and uh, there was kind of the, the goth crowd, you know, and it was a good high school. It was a big 4A high school, but it was, um, um, we were all pretty tolerant. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't politicized the way it is now. I mean, of course, you had your cliques, but a lot of them overlapped, and we had different common friends. A lot of them were in drama, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. Or And, yeah, we call them goat ropers, which were the cowboys, you know, the all hat, no cattle kind of thing. But the, uh, <laughs> yeah, but they had a pickup truck, damn it. But the, um, so that was, it wasn't as much, it wasn't weaponized. You know, in those days, it was you, you had your interest and you, you know, it was not a secret and it was done. We even had guys that you were suspected gay or it just wasn't a thing. And as it became politicized in a thing, it just it, I, I got more and more disinterested other than doing the show or having these conversations and I have observation or opinion. But I'm not seeing that this this rival rivalry and this definition and you got in all this argument is conducive. It doesn't really serve anything in my mind. And I wanted to finish the story on the uh, J.K. Rowling. I think it's J.K. Right? Yeah. Or, that was J.R. Tolkien. That's J.K. The, Rowling. Okay. For those who don't know, that's the author of the Harry Potter Harry right. Potter books. But well, there may she, be like three people out there who didn't know that. Well, <laughs> she got a, a ration of crap because she wasn't towing the right trans line on something, and I didn't care enough to look and don't care. But what hap- What was interesting, there was an article that I read just a few days ago that we put on Freeman's Phoenix that I published, and it was, um, uh, she had mentioned it in some tweet. This is what got her in real trouble. And what it was is a letter from someone that transitioned that uh, talked of the experience and the physical ramifications and the pain and the, you know, yeah, they really took advantage of me at a young age and they really shouldn't have done this and I wish I didn't and I got regret and everything. Well, that just sent the trans community freaking in the orbit. They were like, oh, hell no, you know, that she would even reference this or give this guy attention or there would be, you know, this other side. And because that's why I ha- I've had in previous years where I've been the keen, I would, you know, Ari was great. I, I, I go and I ask you a bunch of questions. I go, you don't mind me asking? Yeah, bring it, man. You know, so we, yeah. so we went at it and, you know, I got to ask all my questions. But the thing is, is that this where they have like a negative response or a fully informed or fully informed consent of these young people they need to know this stuff and they're not getting this information and anybody that would share the problems of it or what they can expect and maybe they like you say you need to work with a therapist a little bit more before you just you know hear some hormones and a and a, and a scalpel you know go take care of business that this should be discussed but you're not allowed you they're like yes you have to discuss you know 
transitioning and trans this and, you know, uh, uh, bisexual gender fixing that kindergarten age of whatever the hell. But you're not allowed to talk about any negative ramifications of this kind of decision. That's not allowed. Well, that's absolutely right. That I'm going, there is something else going on. There's an agenda. There's a social, there's a a gathering of forces for to elect something. Well, it's very simple. Uh, And Arvind Vora pointed it out. It's the pharmaceutical industry. In a trans person, the pharmaceutical industries has a guaranteed customer for the rest of their life. Every single day, they're taking one, two, maybe three different hormones every single day for the rest of their oh life, guaranteed. I, I have another incentive, man. another point. So, um, you know, lots. My most of my gay friends vote Democrat. Yeah, not because they agree, agree with Democrat policies. In fact, they don't even know what they are. It's, their try, it's be, for two reasons. A they um, they've been told that uh, you know that's this is the gay party, and uh, B the Rep- some Republicans dislike them, and not enough Republicans will corral those people in. So sure. um, now from a well, libertari- it gets even more extreme when you're trans. I, I learned this with I the agree. Cheshire County Republicans. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yes, I know, I know that, uh, and so that the the Democrats realize they can do whatever they want, so long as you're LGBT. Sure. And they're, they're a guaranteed voter, you know, basically. Sadly, yes. Because they've, they've, fallen into, they've fallen into the slide that, you know, Democrats are the accepting, tolerant ones. And there's nothing tolerant about the modern Democratic Party. They're just as exclusionary, just as reactionary as the Republicans. That's one of the reasons. If you want actual acceptance, to be accepted as an individual with characteristics all of your own, then you've got to be a libertarian. Right. That's right. Yeah, well... I would agree. This is the one thing that you see is like this gay shield thing. Yeah, but I I shouldn't be prosecuted for whatever. I'm came out. I'm gay. Therefore, I am insulated, and my name is Kevin Spacey. So you know, I I don't think anybody fell for that. Um, I think that uh, Kevin Spacey found the edge of the internet. Right, 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 right. right, right. <laughs> but he was a good example of going really, you know. But that had been going on up to that time many times. He just he just played it. It just didn't work for him. But you know, yeah. You know, but the fact that he thought he could. Well, mental illness exists. It it certainly does. we got more coming up here from the Porcupine Freedom Festival, including a presidential candidate who's been sitting here waiting patiently on us to wrap this conversation up. Ernie, thank you so much for joining. I know you've got actual stuff you're doing, so if you could be back with us again sometime tomorrow or later this week so we can talk about that, that would be fantastic. We are here all week long at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, so come by, stop by, hang out with us. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. From the Porcupine Freedom Festival here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Joined in the studio, in the remote studio with Mark. And I'm, of course, Aria. And it is the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We are, of course, talking to interesting people like we have here Jesse Brown, a presidential candidate, joining us. Uh, Jesse, welcome to Free Talk Live. Uh, Thank you. You're, you are running for president. Was it, what, what is your party affiliation? 
I run as a Republican, but with that being said, I reserve my right as an American citizen to serve all Americans because we're all American, we're all human, and we're all worthy. I think um, the Republicans, you know, I mean, this is, you, it, you have a good chance in, in some, or a better chance than you do is uh, getting the Democratic nomination. So this year, being a Republican makes more sense. So, yeah. I'm, well, I, I, I was a, uh, actually, I was a Democrat in the past. Mm-hmm. I'll admit it. You know, I, I've tried to be active in the whole voting process. But uh, when I went to start this venture, I felt that I really aligned a lot more with the Republican values. So I changed my party affiliation. So, so what inspired you to run for president? Now, you're a candidate for the 2024, or you're attempting to be. I don't know how that process yeah, works yeah. on the national level, but what, what issue, I guess, inspired you, got you out there saying, you know what, I, this is an issue, I need to get out there and fix this? Well, you know, I, I get asked that kind of question quite often, and I have to start with saying that, you know, you need to be a little more targeted because we are, we have a mess going on here. But I have three children, you know, and I grew up enjoying everything American. I had a great upbringing. I was one of 14 kids. We were never really uh, exceptionally rich or anything like that. My father had a family business. We were tra- taught true values and how to problem solve at a very young age. And my father taught me that all things are possible in life. And then if you're going to do anything, do it 100% or don't do it at all. And, Absolutely. Uh, so when I saw what the basically bountiful dismay that we are experiencing throughout this whole country and the world at large. I took it upon myself to start this venture with the first intention to try and secure a better future for my children. And while I try and do that to try and build a true American experience that encompasses us all. So uh, I seek to uh, bring back faith and belief in the fact that all things are possible because this is the United States of America. And Certainly. I think people need to act accordingly. So we are here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Um, do you consider, I, I'm running as a Republican as well, but I'm absolutely a libertarian. And I, I'm using the Republican Party because it's expedient for me to accomplish my goals. I actually wanted to switch to Democrat, but I, I didn't get around to it because I kept putting it off. And it didn't slip my mind. I just didn't want to go that day to deal with it, so I didn't. So I'm still running as a Republican for state rep here in New Hampshire. But... I. I'm a libertarian, and you know everyone knows that I'm a libertarian. Even even the people who are going to vote for me in the you know 2022 uh, election, are you a libertarian running as a Republican like Ron Paul did, or would you just say that you are a Republican? I would say that I am 100% a Republican, by no means a Rhino, any way, shape, or form. But I find that while I was uh, researching this whole pork fest, that I feel that. We align on many, many issues. And I just, you know, it's the individuals, not the collaborative. I think that we have a lot more in common across the board. Certainly. With all parties. If, But it's just breaking those boundaries of uh, being heard, basically. I, I would agree entirely. I like to say that the... When, when I ran for sheriff in 2020, I, I tried explaining to the Republicans that, you know, there was nothing fundamentally different about any of my positions. I just took their positions to their most extreme points. Like, I, I, I'm pro-Second Amendment 100%, whereas they're, you know, they're all about the NRA and stuff like that. But I'm like, no, let's take it a little bit further to all the way. And there are a number of issues like that with a small government and things like that where, sure, I like small government, but what's even better is no government. Or, you know, they want lower taxes. I just take it a little bit further and want 
no taxes. So there is a lot of common ground there between libertarians and Republicans, where libertarians just take it to a more extreme conclusion. But you know, there's also a lot of gr- common ground between libertarians and Democrats as well that Absolutely. isn't as heavily talked about. You know, libertarians tend to agree more with the Democrats about more social issues, whereas Republicans tend to disagree with Democrats on everything. There, there's common ground between libertarians and and all political parties, except probably the Green Party. Well, no, the uh, the Green parties and Libertarians get get along on the uh, third party issue, so the ballot okay. access yeah. and things like that. With you bringing up the fact of uh, like the Second Amendment, all our rights and freedoms, unalienable rights that we have, we all need to realize that they come with great responsibility. And I see, like, uh, How like so? the, the first the first uh, amendment, you know. You have the right to be, say, and do what you want as long as you're not weaponizing this. And you need to understand, everyone needs to understand that. What is weaponized speech? Uh, it's when you force something upon someone else without hearing their point of view, where it's one-sided. Well, that's I think not that, speech, though. That's, no. that's force. Yeah, that's where it becomes weaponized. Where you're using but that's your, not weaponized speech. That's just force. Yeah. Well, I tend to feel that it's weaponized, and I feel that... Respect has to come from both ends. So there's great responsibility with every one of our rights. And I stand tall on all the constitutional rights. But we need to know that they come with great responsibility. I can choose to have an opinion and then choose not to listen to somebody else's opinion on the same subject without forcing them to do anything. So I would agree that there's, like, being a pig-headed a-hole um, right. is what I think what he's uh, referring right. to. But you don't have a responsibility to not be a pig-headed a-hole. I, you don't right? think you have a responsibility. That, you that's just your are. God-given <laughs> right as an American, right? Um, I, I suppose it's your God-given right. It just doesn't mean that I have, uh, you know, that I'm going to care. I just think everybody <laughs> needs a lot more dignity, respect. And uh, I agree with that. You know, it, we, I just think, it, like I said, th- this is the greatest country on the face of the planet. We need to act accordingly. We are Americans. We are the shining light of the world. Our light is going dim. Obviously, we're having many, many issues here. And, you know, when I ask, well, what's your top three things? There, there are some top three things, but you need to be more directed because there are s- such a plethora of issues that are going on right now that, to encompass them all in three, it's kind of a roundabout. But I do stand tall on energy security. Uh, I want to make sure there are no food insecurities. And I think that we need... How would you achieve these goals? Well, I don't know if everyone listening is aware, the largest farmland owner in America right now is Mr. Bill Gates. He's not farming one acre of that land. That's an American asset. He has no right to have that. Well, he bought it. Yes, he did. But the thing is... This is an asset of America. This no, is it's a, an asset of Bill Gates. I mean, if he now it, it is, yeah. to him. But he's not farming a single acre of this. He's it's Mr. His property. He doesn't have to farm it. Right? I, I just don't. I, you I think don't believe in private property? I, of course I do, and I think people should stay the hell off it. Okay. You know, then, and, why do, then on what basis do you say that Bill Wright shouldn't be able to have this private property? Because there is, we were the uh, basically the breadbasket of the planet before, and now everything's getting blamed on Russia and it's it's bunk. You know, it's getting blamed on all these issues that is just piss poor planning, basically. You know, and well, central planning doesn't work. No, no. Well, I th- can somebody explain this Bill Gates thing to me? I'm afraid I don't. I'm I'm out of the loop on this. Is Bill Gates buying farmland? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if it's yeah, actually buy- true or not. Yeah, it is. I've researched it. He's on uh, the largest. Well, it farm comes from the same people who are like, you know, Bill Gates wants to sterilize the planet and yeah. you know turn Africa into you know annihilate Africa or whatever. So I haven't looked into it to find out which of these claims involving Bill Gates are actually true, but the claim is that he owns a lot of farmland. Yeah. 
But you don't get the farmland mm. exemption on your taxes if you don't farm it. Right. So um, presumably he's doing something, whether he's got bees or whatever he's got over there. Uh, I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I haven't yeah. looked into it because, I mean, be- beyond Bill that, Gates though, owns a bunch yeah. of private property. I mean, good for him yeah. as far be- as I can tell. Beyond that, I think that we really, uh, energy is security. We need to uh, use our own assets. We can't be sending trillions of dollars to these countries that really want to see the end of the United States of America. We are uh, doing some ludicrous things here by just distributing American wealth around the planet and draining. I mean, it's got to be by design. You know, we're, we're, this the price of fuel right now, it's going to come to a choice for many people whether to heat their home or to feed their children. This is out of control. Our elected officials, obviously, as usual, are not doing their job. And that What do you is, think elected officials can, can do to solve these economic imbalances, though? Well, it is, like it me, is their sworn be- right to protect the citizens for who they serve, and they're not doing that. So it's, uh, it is their job to know what to do about this and to, to uh, protect the people that they serve. You know? And beyond that, it's, I, I just don't understand the policies that are being put forth because there is nothing, nothing in the benefit of the United States of America. And, you know, our our house is falling apart, and you cannot be good for someone else if you're not good for yourself. So we have no right to be pushing our rhetoric upon the world when our house is falling apart. I'm curious who the United States of America is. Let's get into that when we get back. We have Jesse Brown here, presidential candidate for 2024. Check him out at brown.com. We're going to get into that question. Who is the United States of America? It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live from day three of the, yes, day three of the Porcupine Freedom Festival here at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Talking, it's Aria and Mark talking with uh, Jesse Brown, presidential candidate for 2024. Could I intervene for a second? Of course. It's actually Jesse James Brown because uh, there is uh, two other people that are running for office. One that is running for office named Jesse Brown and one that is in office already. So I do the separation because if you go under the Google search, like I don't know how many hundred millions of results, I have the top five spots under that heading. It provides you with a lot of information. Okay, well, thank you for the clarification. That's Jesse J. Brown then running for president. Now, Mark, before we went out to break here, we, we were talking about the United States as this this existing entity that has sort of a mind of its own. And th- this is something that I, I, I like your question because it, it draws attention to this reality, right? Like I have a federal trial coming up in in November, and the it's United States of America versus Aria Demetso. Well, <laughs> Which is who is our who is United States of America? Because I have the right to confront my accuser. Yeah. Can, can you bring in Mr. or Mrs. United States of America so that I can ask them how I somehow wronged them? 
But what, what you end up coming up with is like, you know, well, the prosecutors are representing United States of America. Well, who gave them that right, that authority to represent United States of America? It's, it's a religious entity, uh, this whole concept of the United States of America. That is their God, and they are pre-Senate, and they are representations of their gods simply because they profess to be. And if we were just talking about Bill Gates in the last segment um, and how he's doing things that are uh, perhaps un-American, I don't... I don't Somewhat unethical, I would yeah. have to say. And it seems like Bill Gates is America... I mean, a lot of the people who have been elected have been taking pictures with Bill Gates, not with you, me, and um, Jesse James Brown here. Um, you know, like, we would call ourselves America, and I mean, I think there's a good argument that we are, but there's also a really good argument that that wealthy people who, uh, you know, want what they want are America. I and would suggest is, that we are America as much as Bill Gates is America. That's the way I see it. No, you, yourself, personally, looking across the table at you. You have as much greatness in you as anybody that will come in front of you. No one is any better than you. You, I want to. I see the issue. To, is, I mean, my my only caveat is that I'm not America. I'm Aria Demetso, right? Yeah. And, when, and when I say that I'm as America as Bill Gates is, I mean to say that he's not America either. He's Bill Gates. I'm Aria. He's Bill Gates. Bill Clinton is Bill Clinton. Barack Obama is Barack Obama. The the people prosecuting me are the people prosecuting me. None of us are the United States of America. So who is the United States of America to to send out tax money that was fraudulently and you know it, stolen from the American people to other countries around the world? Collaborative, collaboratively, we are the United States of America as the common people. We elect our officials. We, uh, I believe that many times there's been an attack on American people through these social media pushes. You know, the media has been bought up by the uh, corporations that push for their lobbyists to uh, create lobbyists, work with the politicians to obtain legislation to do what they want. You know, and the thing is, is that the average American does not believe that they have any say, any voice. We do. You know, we do. But the thing is, is like, I, I hear a lot of people talk about how they'd like to do this, they'd like to do that. It takes action to create a reaction. I'm taking that first step of the journey of a million miles. I know what I'm up against, but I'm not afraid. I've been told to back up before I get chewed up and spit out already. I'm not afraid. So know, speaking I, of who you're up against, I haven't been paying any attention. Who do you think are your likely opponents for the 2024 presidential campaign? Obviously, Donald Trump is going to run. I, I think, well, I'm not convinced he's going to run. I don't think his ego can handle him running, and I think he knows that. To tell you the truth, I don't feel as I'm up against anyone but myself, and I'll tell you why. Because, you know what, the people that I'm really up against is the general population of the United States of America. You hear all this talk. I wouldn't they, want to run for president while saying the people I'm against are the people of America. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is they say what they want, and they you hear the things that they want, the change that they want. Now, I want to see if they really want that. So what I'm up against is proving myself to them and feeling that they really want this. Okay. You know? So that, I think that's my biggest battle. I don't think it's Donald Trump. I don't think it's Ron DeSantis. I don't think it's any of them. Because you know what? They are individuals. They're Like I said, they're no better than you or I. We all have a sense of greatness instilled inside of each one of us. And if you can grasp that and bring that to the forefront, 
you can achieve anything. I mean, you're absolutely right. One of the biggest myths perpetrated in the United States, this, this myth that, that people operate under, is that politicians, the, the rulers of the United States, are somehow cut from a finer cloth than the average American. And that, that's why I love New Hampshire so much, because last night I was hanging out at a fire with a state representative, right? And before that, I was hanging out at, a, at the local chiropractors here with a different state rep. It's like... In New Hampshire, is it's readily clear to people that that Governor Sununu, God Emperor Governor Sununu, who call, declares himself to be His Excellency, that's a joke among people in New Hampshire. We know who our state reps are. We can call them up and have conversations with them. Generally speaking, even ones who don't represent me in my in my ward, if I go to NewHampshire.gov or whatever the website is, and I want to email some of these state reps or senators, there's a strong chance I'm going to get a response. Yes, you need accessibility. Because, you know, it's, like I said, they, they, they are elected to a sworn oath to serve the people that they are there to serve. And you need accessibility. You need to have a weekly basis where people can contact you and you can return some sort of correspondence so that you really are in touch with what's going on and what the needs are. Because, you know, it's, it's like I said, the collaborative. And you need the input of all for the greater good. I mean, it sounds good. Uh, I'm just not convinced that anyone can represent me but me. It seems like uh, you know, the, even the stu- two state reps that I talked about, they're, they're really just representing themselves. I disagree with them on a number of things. And to be fair, none of them are actually the state reps for the ward that I live in because I'm running for the state for that position. However, neither one of them are claiming to represent me. But even if they, even if they were my state reps... That disagreement we have on some of these issues would mean that they're not representing me. They're representing themselves. Right. And I, I, I applaud you on uh, your commitment to public service. You know, and oh, no, to, I won't serve them. I won't go. I mean, I, I would just collect the $100 I, paycheck I mean, and vote no on everything. To, you know, people need to, like I said, it takes action to create a reaction. Sure. And without that initial step... You know, it's just talk. And that's what we have. We have inaction in Washington right now. And I'm looking like running for the president of the United States of America. I'm not here to come and tell you how to run your state. I'm here to try and help with the running of the government and try and correct the the the, old, the the encompassing views. But as far as the states, I think the government needs to back off. And your elected officials, you have the duty to make sure that they're taking care of you because that's where it comes from, not from the government. Excellently put. Now, your website is votejessiejbrown.com. Thank you so much for sitting down with us today. It is chilly, so I've got to break here and go up there and get my hoodie and probably get something to eat. So that's votejessiejbrown. That's J-E-S-S-E-J-Brown.com. Thank you so much again for joining us. We are here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and there's more coming up. It is Free Talk Live. Thank you. The protection of life, liberty, and property is, is what the Free State Project is all about. But it's an, it's an effort to move 20,000 people who understand. It's about demonstrating to the entire country 
that, yeah, we can have a free market, a truly free market. Making it just a freer, great place to live. It's the world's largest voluntarist libertarian community, and it's, it's only getting bigger. That's amazing, to be able to move to a place where other people like passionately believe in being free and independent. What the Free State Project is managing to do, though, is to put their money where their mouth is. It's physically getting up across the country and saying, let's go someplace and let's demonstrate the power of these ideas. There's a lot of kind of philosophy that surrounds liberty. There's a lot of thinking about it and talking about it. But here in New Hampshire, people are doing it. 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, a documentary by Free State Project Early Movers. Watch it free at 101reasonsfilm.com, 101reasonsfilm.com. You're tuned to the newest episode of Free Talk Live, presented by SACL CAI. Visit us online at freetalklive.com. It is Free Talk Live, day three of the Pokemon Freedom Festival here at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. This isn't the only Liberty Festival going on this year. There's also Freedom Fest, which is July the 13th through the 16th. Mark is going to be there talking about, uh, Mark, what, turning the tide is the overall uh, the overall theme. Theme, and I'm doing Locating Liberty. Locating Liberty. We didn't make a note of what your exact topic was. but oh, I'll write it in there. Yeah, turning the tide and back on all of the government intrusions that we've seen throughout the last few years, largely as a result of the COVID-19, quote, pandemic. Freedom Fest covers a wide variety of subjects like Bitcoin, gold, economics, technology, vaccines, education, and more. Use our special code at freedomfest.com to get $50 off the regular rate, FTL50. That's FTL50 at freedomfest.com. You can listen to a wide variety of speakers there like Steve Forbes, Senator Rand Paul, Glenn Beck, Spike Cohen, and more. FreedomFest.com. Use code FTL50. With you today, it's Aria and Mark, and we're joined now by Jamie of Wormtown, who we're set up next to. Next to, I was actually worried you guys weren't going to be here this year because you like always beat me here. It seems, <laughs> and this year I got here. And I figured that was your spot again because that's where you guys usually are. And then, then nothing, and then nothing. You guys ended up coming in late, so it's good to see you. Welcome back. Well, thank you. Yeah, Free Talk Live has a relationship with Wormtown. So can you describe what Wormtown is? Uh, Wormtown, we sell a variety of uh, global imports, uh, mostly crystals. Um, we, uh, we travel around. Uh, our main uh, genre is music festivals. But I we, imagine those are probably more lucrative for you guys. Than yeah, usually. It's our, it's, it's our main bread and butter, but we pretty much do well wherever we go, wherever there's people. I do county fairs and street fairs, and uh, I started doing flea markets over the pandemic and just because that was the only thing going on. And Sure. Um, yeah, for me, I, it's like uh, it, it, to me, it's like a like a hippie shop. Right, it's a traveling hippie shop. It's got the uh, the, the kind of pants, the flowing pants that you might see. It's got the uh, the the draperies with maybe ganache, um, that kind of thing. And the tapestries. I all every tapestry in my house came from Wormtown. <laughs> oh, thank you. I've got like ten or twelve at this point. I've added two more, and I'm going to add one more before the end of the festival. You've got this beautiful silk one that I've been eyeing like the last few days. Right. That I, I'm going to have to have that because mm-hmm. you do have the the well, i'm not sure how many other people have the ones i have on the line here are unique so you gotta oh are they tell me which one you want i'll make sure 
Okay. Um, yeah, we'll do that after the break. Well, I can go ahead, just go ahead and buy it after the break, I suppose. No sense putting it off. But you do have some awesome stuff. I also bought one of your uh, large, your, you have smaller wood, wooden Buddha statues this year, but a few years ago you had a really large one. And I got that and put it in my front yard. It's awesome stuff that you, it's unique, right? I, I think the yes. Buddha statue was handmade and that. The, that's probably the only one of yeah, its kind. Mo- the majority of stuff we carry is handmade, so it's all unique. They might be similar, but every every piece is going to have some differences to it. That and is, what I'm kind of curious about is is that you? How many days a year are you on the road, Jamie? Um, pretty much all of them. No. <laughs> right. um, What's this like? I, I know you've I, got a family. I see your kids running around and that kind of thing. And um, are you? I mean, did you start out like following the dead? How'd that work? Um, well, I decided I wanted to be a vendor when I was at a fish show, uh, the Clifford Ball in Plattsburgh, and I, uh, I ran out of money, and I saw all these people selling stuff, making money, and I'm like, why am I not selling stuff? I can come to these shows and have a good time and make not run out of money, and uh, that's when I decided that I wanted, wanted to be a vendor, and uh, I met uh, a friend of mine through the music scene in Worcester, Massachusetts, Mark he, that had opened the store Wormtown Trading, and he uh, he I had recently gotten laid off from a I was a lab tech, and he says, "Oh, you want to come? I need help at the festival. Can you come with me uh, to Baltimore? I got a, a Fells Point Family Fun Festival." And uh, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'm laid off. Why not?" And uh, so he says, "All right, push the car. We pushed, we jump started, push started his." Uh, <laughs> His Chevy S10, and we went off to Baltimore, and I've been doing it ever since. Excellent. That's very cool. So do you have, like, roots that you've put down anywhere, or is it really just life on the road? I have a house in Charlton, Massachusetts, that I keep some stuff at. And <laughs> okay. My, uh, do you my prefer daughter to be on the my, road, then? Hmm? Do you prefer to be on the road, I then? prefer to be on the road. Okay, very cool. Very cool. Um, we have I have the trailer, so we have everything we need. we got a bed and stove and heat and air conditioning and... Right, you know, and refrigerator, you to to, anything we could possibly want or need. And you get to go to all of these shows. You still do a lot of music festivals, I assume? Yes. Very cool. That, definitely a good way to live. Um, I went to my first music festival, my first real multi-day music festival uh, last year, my first large one anyway. There's, there's always smaller ones throughout the United States, but this was the first major one, and absolutely a fantastic time the people there if, if i could do something like that like just vending at these places i, I can imagine that's that's got to be almost as good as being one of the musicians in one of these bands i mean probably not as glamorous but mm-hmm. as good you know from day to day probably a little bit easier than i mean a little bit harder than being one of these rock musicians so how does the porcupine freedom festival stack up uh, this year versus previous years to me it seems packed I think it's going to be a good year. I don't remember. It's funny everybody was saying that I'm late, but I usually don't show up till Tuesday or Wednesday. I, it's very seldom really? I make it here on the Monday. Isn't memory an interesting thing? <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, did, I did make it Monday evening and get started. I get, was actually selling stuff on Tuesday this year. But um, I think it's going to be a good year based on the, on Monday when I got here. I was like, I should have been here earlier. <laughs> Like thinking for next year, I probably should get here a day ahead of time and get set up. A lot of people come here the weekend before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. I've noticed and that continues to be a thing. Even though it used to be called Somalia Fest or something like that, and I, I don't know if they still call it that, but there's definitely still a lot of people congregating here prior to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. 
And, you know, I encourage that. I, I, I like seeing it. I would rather have been here Sunday having all of this set up so that Monday we could just go into it. But I had stuff to do Monday, Sunday night, so it wasn't feasible. So before we go on, I, I have a question for you, Jamie. How long have you been doing this life on the road? Because I, I know your kids are young. And I mean, at some point or another, it seems like you're going to have to think about school and that kind of thing. So how long have you been doing it? Got I've any been planes? doing it since uh, 97, so I'm coming up on 25 years. Wow. And um, as my kids get, uh, my, uh, I have two older kids that did go to school, and I would leave mm. mom home with the kids and I see. go off, and it uh, didn't work out so well, so that's why I have the camper now. And um, as of now, we're planning on homeschooling as when we get to the, the school point. We homeschooled my son up until sixth grade, and everything went fine. You mm-hmm. know, it's just it's relatively easy. They, you know, as far as the getting the basics, the homeschooling curriculums out there um, are great, and the kids will the kids will get it. I wouldn't be able to speak to anything beyond that, but uh, should right. should serve you just fine. And um, what have you learned from sort of life on the road for that long? Well, um, I've learned a lot. Probably too much to <laughs> to say, but you know, in a I think seeing the world from my perspective, I mean, I'm at festivals every weekend, so I'm seeing a lot of happy people getting yeah. along, and it, it, it seems to me that it's not, the world is not as doom and gloom as you would think, like watching the news or listening to the radio or whatever. That's a beautiful That's, sentiment. Thanks so much for joining beautiful. us. Jamie, and thank you again for joining us. There is more coming up here from the Porcupine Freedom Festival 2022 at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountain, New Hampshire. Come down and hang out with us at ForkFest.Party. That's ForkFest.Party. Free Talk Live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival here at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. I want to say thank you to James Hellerman, who is tonight's amplifier. This means that James Hellerman is a member of the AMPS program. You can find it at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support. So if you value the ideas of liberty being on close to 200 radio stations, want to help us get on more radio stations, get more podcast downloads, all of that great stuff, you'll want to check out the AMPS program at amps.freetalklive.com. Like James Hellerman here has done. It only takes five bucks per month. James is contributing $10 per month. He's a gold level member, but that, we don't ask that. Five bucks per month, that gets you in. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Mark and Aria here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival on site. And we're joined now by Brad Borch. Is that, is that correct? It. Yep, you got it. Uh, that's bradborch.com. You do freedom music. I do. I I walked by the other night and heard you playing. Then I stopped for a second. I had her with me, and she gets really sure. fancy. She wants to go. Uh, I, I motioned to my dog there for people who obviously weren't here and didn't see that. <laughs> Visual cues here. Yeah, Did you assume gets, her gender? <laughs> I'm reasonably confident she is a dog <laughs> of the of the female variety. She identifies. Well, she... The, the blood that she left over at my house a few months ago identified her no. for me. <laughs> so that's bradborch.com. Tell us about what you're doing. Well, I, yeah. So um, I've been dinking, as my wife says, on the guitar since I was about 15. Uh, played in a couple bands in, in uh, 
college and so forth and kind of, you know, lived my life and didn't really think I was going to do anything. In, in January 2020, I realized I was at a point in my life where I could kind of, I it really was kind of like a bucket list project. I had a, a handful of songs, three or four really, maybe, and I started to record them on the old Garage Band, um, you know, and uh, that's the, the software on Apple. Yeah, that's the, that's yeah. that's the, that's the free software for uh, um, for recording music. And uh, the Muse hit, and I am now at sixty songs online. Wow. Yeah. Um. In in a little over two years, two and a half, two years, uh, about thirty months. Um. I also have uh, 60 original T-shirt designs, but more to the point, um, yeah. You can when, find all of that at bradwartz.com. Thanks. Yeah. Are you also on like SoundCloud and you know, Spotify? I am. Yeah, most of my stuff. I, 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 you know, I, I'm just kind of beginning to get into the promotion game. It really was not okay. ever my. Uh, you know, I didn't. I didn't wake up and say, "Boy, I'm going to be a rock star." Um, although I did, I will tell you a brief story, kind of a plug. I almost, I, I was this close to, to doing the uh, big Freedom Rally in January because uh, I knew somebody who knew somebody, and they contacted me and said, "Would I play?" And I said, "Yes." And actually, the uh, Freedom Rally was this the trucker thing? Yeah. Well, okay. it was. It was. Uh, it wasn't explicitly the truckers before that. It was the January sixth thing. Well, not the no, sixth. That was last year. That was last year. Okay. It was like January. I think it was the twenty sixth. It was in the twenties, um, okay. January twenties, and it was a big, uh, you know, a lot of the, a, a lot of the, uh, the, the Ro- Dr. Robert Malone and Dr. Uh, some of the other big names were there, um, and it was. I actually wrote a song over that weekend. It's on my site. It's called uh, "Were You There." Yeah. Ironically, I wasn't there um, <laughs> because because it turns out all the slots were full. But anyway, the point is, I you know, I, I. I my passion is not really to you know to become a rock star. My passion is just to share music about truth and about beauty and about love and and respecting one another. I, this is the ma- amazing thing about this pork fest is, you know, I just I just had a an, an interaction with a young woman who said you know she would she wanted to do a tarot reading for me. And she said I said well you are you, you know can I give you a donation? So I I I I'm not doing this as a business. I just saw you and I thought. Maybe this would work out. Anyway, the point Very is, cool. this is this is this whole thing is. Uh, there's a a quote by uh, by a, a, a political philosopher from about a hundred years ago named William Hazlitt, and it's something like this: the love of power is the love of self; the love of others is the love of liberty, and that's kind of like the the ethos that I want to have suffuse my music and and that I'm writing about. I love that. Yeah, I like right. I've run it through my head a couple of times now. I, I like, like the music aspect of freedom. I, I think it was Ron Paul who said, if you want a true revolution, you need two things. You need young people, and you need good music. Yeah. Well, and you're right about that. <laughs> th- there's a, I'm a rock musician. There, there's a long history of you know a rebellious sort of nature, yeah. being, yeah, yeah. being freedom-oriented, going against the grain in right. rock music. One of the bands that was playing here a number of years ago was, was called Rebels, Inc., and they mm. did most of the music that Free Talk Live actually uses now as oh, our nice. intros and outros. I... I there, but they sort of fell off the grid, you know, as bands tend to do. Mm. And there hasn't been a lot of freedom-oriented or freedom-focused musician mu- music since. Yeah. And it, it's regrettable because throughout human history, mo- singing about freedom is a it's a universal song. Right. That right. I think the average person is, is, is speaks to them in a way that only music can reach them in the first place. And you, cup, you throw on top of that the ideas of freedom. It's an easy sell, and it just doesn't get blended together as much as I would like. So I'm glad to hear that someone is out there doing this. And you mentioned you have more than 60 songs now, is that correct? Yes, yeah, right. 
That, right. that is an impressive uh, discography. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, you know, it's and it's all on it's all on my site, and I'm I'm currently in the in, kind of reworking that, uh, trying to figure out how to make that, um, you know, how to ha- allow people to support me uh, doing that. Um, some of the stuff was uh, is older stuff that it hasn't been. You know, I'm I'm. It's just me. Sure. It's just me and and Logic Pro, and I'm a decent guitarist. Um, and I I'm I, let me let me put it this way. Once I have mastered some of the tools using um, uh, Logic Pro, my vocals don't sound horrible. <laughs> but but having said but that, is great for that. Yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm really proud of my lyrics. I um, a lot of people think that they're creative and. Uh, and kind of catchy and um i i'm a little bit of a musical chameleon uh, a friend of mine I, I you can hear overtones of the, of the beatles um and of all kinds of different influences i and i just i will hear a i will hear a beat or i will hear a rhythm um and then i will say i want something to sound like that and i will often have a you know some lyrics or or an idea that i that i'm working with um you know you'd mentioned i i have one that i just recently re- released called uh, where have all the heroes gone which is exactly about that fact that uh, and it and it i i do not name i almost name uh directly the the partic- oh, a particular artist who i won't name who but how i'm sure you're all aware of um, who kind of stood up and said and 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 made himself a target for people in the liberty movement, you know, to to to. Uh, to so I'm I'm referring to him, but I'm also referring to the larger culture and especially the music industry to say where are all where where is anybody to, you know standing up and 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 not being in lockstep, you know. It's with amazing, this. isn't it? Like Rage Against the Machine, right. one of these bands that you would expect, one of these hardcore rebellious young bands to be all against this this corona fascism that we've seen they're all for it yeah yeah they're you know three hundred dollar tickets at, at wells fargo arenas now yeah and obviously we you know they're marketing uh this rebellious image mm-hmm. you, you gotta imagine some element of that is true right right but but it seems that no they just hoodwinked us you know they, yeah. they were just which machine is exactly are <laughs> yeah. you raging against right yeah, they were just <laughs> they were just marketing themselves that way and it worked you know it was very successful but they weren't the rebels they were marketing themselves as, and it's it's difficult to come to terms with that reality. Well, the the, the whole image, you know, the whole the whole rebellious image has gotten co opted and become and become a brand. Really, I mean, you know, yep. look sponsored at, by Monster Energy Drink. Exactly. There <laughs> you go. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not in the music industry anymore. I used to be in radio, and um, I am in radio used still. Be, but I was, right, yeah. you know, working at stations <laughs> and and had some connection to it. Do they still do bands or? Is it um, just so difficult to keep t- people together now that uh, technology says that it's really just one guy? Yeah, I, uh, that's a great question. I, I, I can't answer that directly. I can only tell you my experience. And yep. my, my experience is, um, you know, it, it's the good news, bad news. The good news is it, for $200 worth of software and, a, and a, you know, basically for $1,000 worth of software and a mic and mics and, uh, you know, maybe some, some plugins or whatever, anybody can can uh, put out music and that has resulted in a huge you know a huge outpouring of music that's the bad news is it's hard to get heard above the noise and especially you know and I, again i'm going to toot not toot my own horn but complain about about what's happening with people in this kind of you know who, who identify who don't identify as being part of this whole thing is i hate to cut you off we yeah. gotta go out to break that's bradborch.com if you want to check about this bradborch b-o-r-c-h.com there's more coming up here from the porcupine freedom festival it is free talk live
It is day three of the Porcupine Freedom Festival broadcast live, free talk live on site at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Of course, you can't join us here if you don't already have a ticket. You aren't already on your way. It is day three after all, and I think it's a seven-day festival, five-day, six-day. I don't exactly know how long the there's Porcupine like the, Freedom Festival is. There's the setup day and the breakdown day and then five days in between. Okay, yeah, I remember they shortened it one year, or they were going to shorten it, so yep. I, I got to thinking as I was saying all of that, but you can join us at ForkFest. You can find out more about it at ForkFest.party. That is the decentralized after-party continuation of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. That's the best way to look at it, it's the after-party. Find out more about it at ForkFest.party. There are no tickets, it's not sold out. And uh, we have no idea how many people are going to be here. So come down and hang out with us. With you today, it's Aria and Mark. And we're joined by, well, well, how would you prefer to be? Gray. Gray, right. I think it's uh, the Mushmouth Mike. <laughs> and the you are moving to the Honduras. Correct. Is, is that, okay. Right, yes, so accurate. And th- this is rather sudden, as I, as I recall. Cause, yeah, yeah, it feels sporadic. Well, it... it it feels unexpected at the very least because, like, you, you guys are the godparents of my dog here. Oh, thank you. And, well, I mean, if something happens to me, you know, at, at least your wife has agreed to take her in. It's like, but we're not going to be in the country now. I'm like, oh, okay, that's unexpected. Well, sure, we could take the dog if we had to. Yeah, I ended up talking with her about that. But, yeah. I mean, still, it's very surprising, very unexpected. So, what happened? Because... As I understand, you know, you guys had put down roots in New Hampshire, and like this is where you were at. This is what the plan was, the Free State Project. Exactly the plan. Right. So the Free State Project is, um, you know, you've been here for what, 12 years? 2011. Yeah, I'm not too far off. And um, I needed you for a specific project in Honduras. You came down to visit, and uh, of the three people, three libertarians that have visited uh, Sweetwater, which is what I'm calling the, uh, yep. the place in Honduras, uh, all three have decided to move. Oh, yeah. And you are among them, and you you come complete with a family. and All five of us. Right. That's going to be a big move. Why are you moving? Uh, there's energy security there. Uh, the food seemed to be very plentiful and easy to come by. Um. And you don't Speaking find this to, to be the, the case a here better. in New Hampshire? Uh, no, there, I have no issues with anything here, really. I mean, we have plentiful food. Uh, energy security is not as much. We're still dependent on the grid. Right. Uh, sweet, sweet water specifically, there's hydroelectric and there's solar. And there's uh, less dependency on some you know, dictator or whatnot telling us what we can and can't do about... Um, I imagine being so nearer to the equator, the solar there is significantly better than the solar here in New Hampshire. Yeah, all day long. So, I mean, but, but that can't be it. You can't just be like, well, I'll have a lower electricity bill. Solar power isn't the reason you're moving to the Honduras, is um, it? It's about just kind of doing whatever feels right. And, and this certainly feels right. Like when we moved here, but well, you're not you, selling it at this point. Mark, <laughs> you want to sell it? Yeah, I'd say it's beautiful. Yeah, um, I'm convincing myself really, and just those that come with me. Uh, maybe I'm not the greatest steward for the uh, the championing of the thing until I know more about it. Uh, it's definitely 
Yeah, who knows? Right. I mean, uh, so um, obviously I've gone in all in, but uh, less so for you in so much as you don't have near, near the, nearly the investment, but um, you're put, moving your life there, and that's a big thing, and it just says that something happened while you were there. And the food independence thing, I think, is huge. Um, the energy independence gives you this feeling of, well, I'm not under their thumb. Also, let's not forget that the... Um, the, the nuclear clock went to 11.59 recently with the United States and Russia in a proxy war over Ukraine at this point. Well, that's what people say, but I, I'm not, I don't buy it. You don't buy, buy that there's a war? I, there's probably a war okay. at this point, yes. But what, the threat of nuclear, I believe, is overblown. Well, I think that's a good way to sleep at night. But, um, you know, what well, I would... I mean, I'd prefer not to be to, next to one of their Air Force bases. Okay. And, um, well, if there's a nuclear war, it's not going to really matter much where on the planet you are. We're all going to well, die. Well, it depends. Uh, you know, experts are, are not uh, of accord on that. Can they blow up the whole world? Yes, they can. But um, likely, less likely that they – more likely they're just going to hit uh, targets, certain targets, primary and secondary targets and things like that. And Honduras isn't near any of them. No, it's in the mountains. So you wouldn't want to spend expensive ordnance – to uh, you know, try to deploy any tor- sort of death machines out that way it wouldn't be it wouldn't be worth the money that you're spending on it. it wouldn't be worth the effort. But what about the people who aren't scared of nuclear war? I mean, sure. Um, and for those people, there's a lot of people that are interested in just sort of. Um, more security. To me, what Sweetwater is, is security of all sorts, whether it's, you know, food, energy, um, you know, nuclear preparedness, um, you know, the big one, whatever it might be, the zombie apocalypse, these kind of things. Um, having a bunch of families there that are in one location um, that are, you know, similar minded seems like a good thing. And that um, that I think is the selling point of the project. Whereas, you know, these things simply aren't available in most places in the United States. It's just not sure. a possibility. It's not a possibility in New Hampshire. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I find the the Honduras, I mean, Utila in the Honduras particularly yeah. appealing is well. It's not because of energy security or the threat of nuclear war or anything like that. For me, it's way more personal. It's that I know the federal government has a target on my back. They've made it abundantly clear. They have fired bullets at that (laughs) back. Metaphorically, I mean, they they did threaten to literally shoot me. But these are metaphorical bullets. They pointed guns, literal guns, and fired metaphorical (laughs) legal bullets at you. I think there's a a fair analogy. Sure. That's a a point that I like to make whenever, whenever I think about, well, how safe is it there? Or, you know, what are my problems with it here? Well, I know that a handful of my friends uh, had, you know, grenades thrown in their house, robotic death machines flown upstairs, people were, you know, dragged out of bed naked, uh, then caged, and who knows how much money has been spent on trying to fix these things. And, like, I'm going to take my chances with another government, maybe that's less funded, and hopefully that doesn't happen. At the very least, it's probably easier to avoid the, like, the American government, the the U.S. government is sort of the eye of Sauron, right? It, <laughs> it sees all, or it, it at least appears to see all, or it wants, eventually, it sees everything. And it, it will send out the orakai at everything it sees. I, I tend to think that the Honduras government doesn't have the resources available to it that allow the United States government to be so all-encompassing in the lives of the American people. Right, and I think that, you know, there, um, Americans are looked up to simply by the dent of their birth. And, you know, call it a privilege, call it whatever you want to call it, but it is, um, it's a reality. And to me, I would like to just live in harmony with the people that are there and, um, you know, 
have a bit more security and a you know but the problem with free talk live is is an fbi agent got a bug up his butt about the uh, our chief host ian freeman and as a result we have had nothing but trouble this guy has pushed the bounds of what law is in this country and i'm sorry no one cares and no one can or uh, or cares to do anything to stop it and i don't know what else to do when you say no one, uh, is this uh, the Free State Project that you mean? I don't mean any. I, I don't mean anyone in particular. Okay. Um, those those that are supposed to uphold law, uh, jurisprudence, um, you know, these kind of things, they don't care to stop it. And um, you know, here I am. <laughs> I, that, that's more or less my approach to this as well. I don't know if you know anything that's happening with us is beyond the realm of normal law or not. I just know that you know it sucks. And I know that FBI agents broke into my studio and randomly pulled wires out and took me off the air, uh, affecting the, the freedom of speech rights of a half a million people, and no lawyer cares about it at all. There's not mean, much money in that. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, th- there is a free speech attorney who was here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival last year who said something pretty much exactly along those lines, is that there, there's no money in free speech cases. So I'm happy to pay the person to do it if they felt like they could, um, you know, if they could convince me that there might be a win in it. I absolutely want to sue these people. I suspect there isn't a win no. in it, though. And, I mean, that's the hang-up here, is that you want to pay someone who can guarantee you a win, and, I mean, there, there's I mean, no... It's one thing to come into a studio, it's another thing entirely to just randomly pull wires out. I get it, man, I, and I hear the sentiment, but it could have been so much worse. They, they made it a point... They they could have shot people. Well, I mean, not just that. They could have destroyed the equipment. They did fly drones, and they, they, they smashed out the windows. If they had really wanted to, they could have destroyed all of that equipment. They would say, oh, well, it just happened while we were entering the building. Yep. So, all I mean, this pulling over- out wires in the grand scheme of things, thats I know people like pointing at that as just this huge violation, but, like, dude, they could have taken baseball bats to it or crowbars, and no one would have ever known that it didn't happen when they were breaking in. All this for using Bitcoin. Right. All this for selling Bitcoin without a license. Yeah. I mean, and if, if that's against the law, we don't even know. Allegedly, no. at the very least. I mean, we, we don't really know what all I know you're not allowed to talk really about the case, about. and you can't, and, and your hands are a bit tied on these things. Well, that's it for today at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You can still hang out with us again. ForkFest is going on until July the 3rd. You can find out all about it at ForkFest.party. And you can join us online in the meantime at social.freetalklive.com. Iconic guitarist Eric Clapton's lifelong passion for the blues burns brightly in a new film and soundtrack release entitled Nothing But the Blues. The documentary film, which was nominated for an Emmy Award, has been upgraded to 4K for its long-awaited official Blu-ray and DVD release. The new soundtrack album features all of the music from the 1995 film and also includes more than an hour of previously unreleased live performances, Eric spoke about his lifelong love and respect for the blues. But really, the bones of the thing is coming from inside me and my need to pay back um, the tribute to all these people that I heard from day one, from the cradle to the grave, really, that, that I want to emulate and pay back and say thank you to. And I'm actually trying as hard as I can to replicate what they did, but it doesn't come... I mean, it still comes out as me, which is the beauty of the whole exercise. Because I used to think that... Pure imitation was not good enough, but of course there is no such thing, and I'm finding that out, and it's as close as I try and get to the original, 
It still sounds like me doing it. That's iconic guitarist Eric Clapton, whose long-awaited documentary film and music soundtrack, Nothing But the Blues, will be released on multiple formats on June 24th. Order now at ericclapton.com.